welcome to Exit Through the 2010s. This is a podcast talking about the movies of the past 10 years. I'm Jack Draper. With me is Clay Williams. And with you, sir, I would love to know what are some of the best things you've seen as of late. Um, I've been trying to, I've been on a, like a Denzel mode, especially because I just like, I binged, not binged, but like I watched, rewatched Man on Fire yes. and, um, Unstoppable yes. Yes. when I didn't, when I didn't have mm. the internet and I just had to like watch stuff on like Blu-rays or whatever. And I'm like, well, those were great. And Tony Scott rules. What else should I watch? And then like I saw because there's like Pie not so long ago. five collaborations between the two of them, six I think. Mm-hmm. And I th- and I'm pretty sure I'm 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 almost done watching all of them. Because then like yeah, but so let's uh, I've been just so watching a lot of Denzel. There's Deja Vu. There's yes. Crimson Tide, Unstoppable, Man on yes. Fire. Yes. I'm missing one. Um, I think I'm missing one. I think. Oh. Taking yeah, a poem, one, two, sure. three. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. It's fine. So I, yeah. It's it's fine, but it's not the original. I love the original. The, the, love like, the original. It, this one is a Tony Scott movie, and it's like, I don't think it works for what the original was, but it's it's like, because it's still Tony Scott, it's it's still good. It's just not, like, that one. It, they're I almost, they're almost seen... two different things. I haven't seen the remake, but I think, the, but the idea of... Travolta playing the Robert Shaw role is mm. just really funny because it's just it's a, interesting yeah it's for sure like it's like a horrible idea but <laughs> it could be interesting yeah um like rot like it's just Travolta is I, I can't even think of someone less than Robert Shaw like I, there's no one in they're not even remotely close to as actors well would you even think of Denzel for Walter Matthau I mean that's that's, that's like a good oh. point that's a good point <laughs> like, that's a good point um, but but I'm saying all this to say that I watched Deja Vu recently. Yes. I watched that a few days ago. I've just been watching all the Denzel I can. Like I watched the Manchurian Candidate remake not long mm-hmm. ago. I watched Out of Time, the Carl Franken movie before, the day before Deja Vu. So I'm just it's all this is this is my Denzel year. I'm just I've always been Denzel. like struck of the po- struck by the poster of Out of Time where it's just like Denzel in a Hawaiian shirt holding a gun with like a sunny background like what is going on it looks, yeah it looks like so fake. it's exactly but it, that's the movie though that's the funny thing it's a, it's exactly that that poster is that what that movie is I love it. like yeah. there's no like lost in translation communication <laughs> of what that movie is it's his him and a gun with a, a, a bowling you know tropical shirt on there's nothing more to sell you and yeah. he's he's also in shorts for the entire movie i don't think he wears pants once and his police uniform so he's like a chief of police in that movie and so he doesn't ever wear his like like navy blues or whatever like his police uniform is like this collared kind of golf shirt (laughs) and these real like high up like khaki shorts and he wears a hat once in a while (laughs) he looks like a security guard it's the best he's great you can tell he's a dad at that point in in uh his life um yes friend of the show logan kenny I, i like we've I don't know, like, if I should be spilling this, but, like, he put the Equalizer 2 in his 2018 ranking list above The Other Side of the Wind, the Orson Welles movie for Netflix. That's And so he's awesome. like, listen, li- listen, <laughs> like, you need you need to tell me that uh, Denzel just running errands for people for half the movie is better than the lost Orson Welles project. And he's like, yes, yes, of course. And 
of course. Yeah, of co- yeah. That's such yeah, a Logan dumb. take. It's and perfect. I, I love it. I, I love it. Um, I need to watch that. Equalizer 2, I always forget. I need that's, to his, the... that's his only sequel. I forget. Mm-hmm. Which, which is crazy. Yeah. Which is crazy. Uh, they should make a Deja Vu sequel, mm. but like more like... Oh, wait, what was that again? That Like something like a title that... like I don't know what would be a good Deja Vu 2 title. Uh, Deja 2. Mm. All right, never mind. We're done. <laughs> We're done, folks. That was it. Um, you know, I would We're say like Crimson Tide sequel, but who do you get to replace Hackman? I, nobody, right? Um, <clears throat> as for myself, I I'm making my way through the Nicole Holoff Center catalog, and I just adored Friends with Money recently. Um, it's just it's just about four women who are friends. <laughs> basically with money <laughs> some of them not jen Aniston. friends with money not jen Aniston, and that's sort oh. of the okay. the tension is that she uh she's just trying to make a life for she herself doesn't have any money she does <laughs> and uh katherine keener and uh joan cusack are are wealthy and um uh, jones in it jones in it uh got a little mis- Loves midwestern flair um who's the fourth one just oh my God. joan just oh francis mcdormand's in it she plays like kind of a bad person in it, which is like, oh, wow, okay. She just, she kind of like uses, you know, but, um, but yeah, yeah, that one Anything was really else? good. Um, I saw The Conformist. Uh, that was good. Um, The Conformist. Why am I blanking on that that's movie? That's the Bernardo Bertolucci. Uh, oh. Yeah, no, I yeah. haven't seen it. Actually, yeah. Okay. Really good. All right, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that one was really good. Oh, um, Fiona, what have you seen recently? Fiona Underhill's here uh, with us. Episode. Hello, hello. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Yes. Um, yeah, I uh, like the main thing I'm, a bit, uh, I'm obsessed with at the moment, like a lot of people, is The Green Knight. Oh. So oh, yeah, I've, se- I've seen that three oh. times. Oh, holy um, shit, yes. that's awesome. Yes. And uh, I am also watching some, I'm filling in some Alfred Hitchcock blanks at the moment. Excellent. So I've, I've seen almost 30 of his movies now, and I'm trying to get it up to like 40, 45 this week. Awesome. Because I'm, I'm writing a little thing about Hitch. So okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be watching some of his 20s movies for the first time. Oh, nice. Like the, like the British era. Yeah. Nice. Um, what well, what was like one of the blind spots where you're like, how the fuck did I miss oh, this I was just one? That. Like, what? This is great. I've like I've only really just started, so I've only seen like three. Uh, one was, oh, okay. One one was uh, Stage Fright, which I'm I'm surprised that I personally haven't seen because it's set in the world of like theatre and it's about a RADA student, and that's very much like my kind of thing because I I was a drama student myself. Um, there you go. So I'm I'm surprised that I hadn't seen that one. Nice. I, I saw. Good. Um, I mean, I he made a lot of movies, so there's <laughs> plenty of blind spots for me. <laughs> I saw 39, 39 Steps at the beginning of the year, and that was really really good. Yeah, I love that yeah, one. Yeah, like really good chemistry uh, between the two, two leads. Mm. I remember. Um, yeah, there's like there's like eras I like that you can split up uh, that catalog into like. Okay, like this is the World War Two era. This you can go like decades and the later like era. Um, I've always wanted to do like the post psycho. Like I think that would be kind of interesting to split split up. Yeah, there's um, he's 
like there's like two from the late 60s early 70s that i haven't seen yet mm-hmm. so i'm looking forward to those ones yeah um like is, isn't sean connery in in one of um seeing frenzy is he? Could be. He's yeah, I think in so. Marnie. Marnie, yes, Connery. that's right. Uh, Marnie's really good. Mm-hmm. Excellent. It's like it's it's one that people are quite divided on, but yeah. I really like it. Um, yeah. I'm I, I'm trying to think if I'm ever gonna watch a filmography like a finish an entire filmography that is filled with more than twenty movies. Mm. Yeah, it's a commitment. Or like twenty five movies. I don't know if I'm ever going to do that. But I mean, it's sort of... I don't know. It's it's sort like, of like it, when you, I'm just not close right now. When you finish the filmography, it's like... It gives you a schedule, and it's like, okay, so I know what's coming next, and it sort of, like, forces you to go and um, and and just complete something, whether it's a franchise or a filmography. Um, like with Scorsese, I only have four more. It's like, I might as well just bang those out in a weekend. Damn. Yeah. Um, it, y'all, y'all are on a different level than I am. I, I think I think my four are Kundun, Hugo, uh, Who's That Knocking at My Door, and Cape, I don't know. Cape Who Fear. Is knocking at your door? Cape Fear. It was God. I know that much, but oh, okay. <laughs> in the movie. Um, I love right. Hugo, mm. and Cape Fear is good as yeah. well. But I really, really like yeah. Hugo. I think those... I think yeah. I would absolutely argue that it's up there with some of Scorsese's best. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I always, I always I have like it. those. I always have Hugo and Tintin like locked in my head because like they came out the same year and like it was sort of like they're making them for their grandkids or something. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, was Hugo eleven? It was, was eleven 12 yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I'll, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting. It's funny that Tintin and Warhorse were eleven too. Like, <laughs> wow. Spielberg's a weird yeah. guy because he he'll he'll do that like, sometimes. He, like, like, oh, Amistad and The Lost World were the same year. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, like none of his like twofers when he does a two two in a year, they're never like similar. <laughs> right. Right. It's not like you know, like fucking like tin like Tintin and Warhorse or Schindler's List and Jurassic Park. Right. Um or Minor- Lost Minority World Report and, and Catch Me If You Can. I mean completely shift mode. That yeah, man, that when it, like even like Soderbergh when he makes like two a year, it's at least where you're like, Yeah, sure. Yeah. You can make that one and that one at the same exactly. time. I get yes, that. Yes, like I can. You can kind of assume Look, because it's, um, Laundromat and High Flying Bird were both filmed on cam- on uh, iPhones, so I suppose there's that sort of sort of flexibility. On yeah. Netflix, they're on Netflix, both. Yeah. You know, they're kind of prestigey. Yep. They're both about like industry, like you know, industry, In- institutions, and financial gain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and but it's one of like, my f- he's not going from like a Holocaust movie to a <laughs> dinosaur one of the movie. biggest blockbusters ever. Yeah, um, well, you know, we talked about like briefly last week the uh, House of Gucci and like Ridley Scott in 2012 made Prometheus and um, oh my God, I don't know why am I playing then. Um, oh, the, the uh, Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Um, holy shit! I just had it in my head. Um, the counselor. The counselor. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, and it's and it's like that shifting of modes. It's like so fast. Well, no, nothing's gonna like. He can't make a movie that's even remotely close to Prometheus, even <laughs> if he tried. Like, there's yeah. no like other. And, movie and that's they both like have Prometheus. Michael Fassbender in them, so I guess there's. But yeah, no. I'm guessing he plays an android in The Counselor as well. Yes, yes. That's true. Yeah, that's I mean, I everyone's playing an that's Android in the Counselor, but I, st- I still like that one. Um, 
Fiona, I haven't I, seen it. Before we go to work in the factory, let's talk about how you got into <laughs> movies. Um, where did you, where did this begin? Can you think of a movie that first got you there? Um, yeah, this is just something we we love to hear from all of our guests because it's like different for everybody. <laughs> um, I can't really remember one significant movie where I was like, yeah, this is it kind of thing. I mean, I just I can't remember any time in my life where I didn't love films. I always, always wanted to watch them when they came on TV. Um, and I grew up watching things like Bond movies that were like came on British television. Um, and Star Wars was shown like on British TV quite a bit as well. Um, there was like um, I watched quite a bit of, sort of classic Hollywood and. Um, black and white movies and musicals and stuff as well um and i was always nagging my parents for me to go to the cinema um i my first film this is like gonna age me now so i'll be giving away my age but my first film i saw in the cinema was uh, the black cauldron which is an obscure yeah. disney movie early and 80s right yeah, yeah, and it's surprising that I ever went back to the cinema after that because it's so horrifically scary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's got so much dark imagery in it. Mm -hmm. um, Literally. But, so. but also, I guess when I really started developing a passion for film is um, when I was in my early teens and even tweens, um, I really liked period dramas, so I got into like Merchant Ivory nice. films. Yeah. Like, like any normal 12-year-old does. Um, <laughs> and uh, then I started subscribing to Empire magazine when I was 15, I think. Mm. So it was definitely, obviously, like my teens when I properly started getting passionate about films and kind of taking it more seriously. Yeah, awesome. And plus, like, were your parents into films? Is that why, like, you were just, like, such an early age, you were just hooked? Like, did yeah. they just kind of raise you on it? Yeah, my mum uh, is a big cinema buff as well, so um, mm -hmm. whenever she was going out to the cinema, I was always like, take me with you, and she was like, I can't, it's a grown-up movie. <laughs> so, like, one of her favourite films, just to give you a sense of her taste, is The Unbearable Lightness of Being, oh, Daniel nice. Day-Lewis, and Philip Kaufman film. Yeah. 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 Uh, so she's quite in like we've got very similar tastes so she's quite into like art house kind of European also like the period films that I like as well um, and I'm always recommending <coughs> films to her now and sorry my throat <coughs> she um, lives in a little seaside town in Devon where they don't really have like proper cinema but they have an art center um, and she's quite involved with that. So like she volunteers and uh, she's like, a, what do you call it? Uh, like a kind of usher at the cinema. Oh, cool. Uh, mm -hmm. which, is, which is where you like go in and kind of like help people out. But yeah, she's always trying to, to argue the case for certain films to be shown there. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, she's like goes in and says, "We need to play a Bertolucci film right this <laughs> second. I'm not leaving until we do. This is what needs to happen." Yeah. It's so funny that you were like in the attendance for Black Contra because that one was like uh, historically a f like a financial bomb, like didn't like kind of yeah, ruined the Disney animation industry. Uh, and a, an early cinema memory for me as well is definitely E.T. and my cousin mm. 
crying so hard that he had to be taken out yeah so he was like literally wailing yeah. and gnashing of teeth weeping yeah. <laughs> just like why have you brought me to this <laughs> <laughs> the saddest movie on earth <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> he was such a good boy it's so funny <laughs> It, it, it's so funny that so many like childhood favorites or movies that were at least made in in the mind for children are sometimes like the most upsetting things for children to watch. <laughs> also, like, in in the eighties yeah. when I grew up, everything was just so like messed up. True. As well. Like um, things like Labyrinth and Dark Crystal mm. were all really like Return scary. to Oz. Like, the, like you ever think yeah, I was about yeah. to say Return yeah. to yeah. Oz. Yeah. Return to Oz is one of my, oh my favorite God. films of all time. Wow. Yeah. But like it's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> is that Frank Oz? Like, probably, yeah. The, Right. Um, they properly made like with the whole Jim Henson yeah. thing. They really made kids' films like properly scary. Mm-hmm. When I grew up, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like the Skeksis and our. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm pronouncing that right. Dark Crystal fans don't come at me. Um, but like in Dark Crystal, they literally like there are horrifying designs. Like a bunch of Dark Crystal heads in your mentions. Creatures. <laughs> yeah, that like the Skeksis are like like upsetting creatures to see they're yeah. just so like vile and just, it's just imagining that watching that as a child like as a fucking like you know adult i was like holy shit these things are no joke like <laughs> they, like they just have like boils and like beaks and like just claws and just like nasty little guys um so yeah no mm-hmm. it, it's funny this but yeah, yeah. it's the frank uh or not the frank eyes but like the jim henson stuff like, yeah. like labyrinth for sure jim henson adjacent um but yeah. labyrinth labyrinth is much more i can see like i if i'm gonna you know gun to the head what am i gonna show my child i think labyrinth even though i know well i mean it's about like a kidnapping so that's yeah. the thing that people forget oh, it's oh, like he kidnaps a baby and I mean, little and kids are always yeah. down for Warwick Davis. They're like Warwick Davis. Yeah, Warwick Davis is the homie, <laughs> so that makes sense. Is wait, he's not. No, no, I think you're. Wait, did I mix it up? Labyrinth? I think you're thinking of. I think you're thinking. I think you're thinking of, Will- of Legend. Uh, Willow. Oh, Willow. Bummer. Whoops. Whoops. Wait, is he in Legend? I think I'm just getting all the eighties, seventies. Ridley Scott's on your mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Is he doing House of Gucci and The Last Duel in the same year? Yeah, yeah. he is, yeah. They're both, like, wow. Venice premieres, too, right? Damn, all right. All right, Ridley. <laughs> you, you know, you got you got fucking, like, shit-faced with Alien Covenant, so I guess you gotta, <laughs> right. like, I guess I need to make a hit now. And it's, and it's like, which one is gonna, like, land at the Oscars, too? It's like, or, I, or will neither of them land? And it'll just be like, um... And, it, and like I, I saw a funny tweet like we're coming off like this is being recorded like coming off like a certain interview with Matt Damon and it's like okay let's just have uh, Jody Comer and Nicole Hall of Center just do the press for the last duel and that's it like it <laughs> is that why you've been watching a lot of Nicole films no it's it, no I just I, I saw um, walking and talking earlier this year and really really adored it and it's just like and you it's a short like, oh, it's a short just, catalog too yeah exactly yeah. yeah I got yeah. He did all the money in the world and Alien yeah. Covenant in the same year yeah. as well. Um, He's a weird. I was dude. I was like <laughs> bummed that House of Gucci kind of like has the same look as uh, all the money in the world. All the money in the world. But uh, this yeah. one at least looks like it has a sense of, sense of humor. Yeah. Wait, you're telling me I haven't seen all the money in the world, but <laughs> you're telling me that movie isn't a laugh riot? <laughs> uh, it's not just. 
full of you know bits and jokes and chuckles. Yeah, it doesn't have like running. It doesn't have running me? gags. It it doesn't have like uh, you know curb your enthusiasm sound bites or something. Uh, <laughs> I mean, listen. If it, I mean, you know. I hate to like relitigate a controversy, but like if the Martian is a laugh riot, then I can't. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, 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 I got. You. Um. Okay, let's clock in, Fiona. When was the first oh time? Oh my god! What are <laughs> these puns, man? I can't handle them. You clock in. Let's go to work. I mean, God. I didn't get this reaction when I said let's climb a mountain during free solo. So like, when's what's this? I don't know because from? like. I, well, I guess this is more smooth. Like, you know, no one says let's climb the mountain, but clocking, I don't know. Uh, if you know I this would, is more, I would, like, you, you, it sneaks up on me. I would love to know, when was the first time you saw American Factory? I saw it at Sundance. Nice. So I actually saw, saw it theatrically um, at Sundance in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, really liked it from, yeah, from the first time I saw it. So before it was on Netflix or anything, and... I can't even remember when I saw it. I don't think the Obama name was even attached to it. Mm. So, um, yeah, I saw it in quite a sort of pure experience, I'd say. Yeah, because I don't think the, Ob- um, the Obama name or the Netflix name was attached to it that early. I think they... they yeah, I think they acquired it. I think yeah. the production company acquired it and then Netflix was like, we'll distribute it. Because mm-hmm. I think... I think the Obama, like Netflix came after the Obamas because I think the Obamas have a connection with Netflix or have like a direct, directly uh, like working relationship because I think they also did like Crip Camp. Yes. And a few other Netflix yeah. movies. They have another one yeah. coming out this year, but I can't remember the name. Mm-hmm. What was the theater reaction like when you watched American Factory? I'm curious because it's like when you're watching a doc, especially that kind of doc in theaters you know you're not gonna have like a crowd that's like hooting hollering or whatever like it's gonna be a pretty <laughs> well, somber you'd, one you'd be surprised there were there <laughs> really was a, okay. li- a little bit of that i'll tell you a line i ne- i remembered when i rewatched it a line that got a big reaction is when the um you know like there's a kind of whole change of personnel kind of towards the end of the film they get rid of mm-hmm. uh, a lot of like staff and then they bring in a new vice president who's Chinese and then he this is during the whole union busting thing <coughs> and he says um, let's make make America great again mm. yeah uh, that that got a big reaction in the in the movie theater at Sundance so yeah, I was shocked was, yeah it does it does get it did have quite a big reaction I um, people yeah were definitely like clapping at the end and stuff oh so, really okay so oh, it was yeah, one of those yeah. like people were impressed immediately yeah Sounds good. Yeah. All right. I can't. Did you did you know when you watched it like this is probably going to be the Oscar, like the Oscar winner. This is going to be the one. This is the doc of the year. I no, I didn't because like I say, it was before the Obama name was attached, so I didn't necessarily think it was going to be that big. Like it was, it took a really long time for anyone to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, True. I re- I remember after Sundance being like. Uh, you know, this was a really good film. People should watch it. But it took quite a while for it to come onto Netflix, and it, obviously for the Obamas to uh, sort of get attached as well. So no, I didn't didn't think it was yeah. gonna be like the Oscar film or anything. But you thought I, the I, quality was there for it. Oh for yeah, it to I did. Be. But I just didn't know if anyone was gonna end up watching. Yeah, it. yeah. You, you, you never know with documentaries. Uh, for way, sure. Yeah, which way it's gonna go? You just like, yeah, especially if is, they're not. If you don't know if they're. Yeah, especially if you don't know they're going to get picked up by a streamer or not. Because yeah. that it feels like that's the... 
unless you're a won't you be my neighbor you have to be picked up by a streamer to actually be seen yeah. like unless you're like this like you know like you know like free so like this like you know box office like juggernaut of a documentary you're like I think um, you're I, one of those outliers since like the Michael Moore years we've not really had documentaries that have like massive box office hits no. mm-hmm. uh, so yeah you never know which way it's going to go with docs like will anyone end yeah. up watching it will it get any kind of prestige or awards yeah and then yeah. like with what you be my neighbor it, 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 um, yeah. you'll have a studio like Sony Pictures Classics pick it up and they just they just know how to campaign for for documentary because they've won yeah and it's also that subject matter is just like it's so appealing to everybody it's like it's such a it's a four quadrant hit kind of thing where it's just like who doesn't want to watch something about mr rogers um but yeah like i feel it feels like though if yeah i didn't think i I haven't really thought about you know how underseen docs that don't go to stream streaming services are now like when's the last doc y'all watched that wasn't on a streamer Besides, like, you know, of course you saw it at a film festival. Me and Jack don't go to film festivals. Um, but, like, we... But it's just curious, too. I can't remember the last time I just, wa- like, rented a doc on iTunes or whatever. Like, it's always just, like, been on streaming. Yeah. What I want to watch. Because that's certainly I mean, been I, the hub for it, yeah, of recent years. Yeah. I do, I do go and see them at the cinema sometimes. Like, my favorite film of 2018 was... A documentary called McQueen mm. about Alexander McQueen, the fashion designer, which I think was eventually picked up by Amazon Prime. I think you can watch it on there now. But that is a really, really underseen documentary, in my opinion, because it's it was my favorite film, not just like do- my favorite documentary. It was my favorite film that year, mm-hmm. um, and I saw that in a in a cinema, which I'm really glad I did. And oh, the I just like the entire second half of the film. I was just in floods of tears, um, but yeah, that's that's like one of my favorite films of the decade. Mm. And I, w- I wish that had been picked up by, I don't know, you know, even if it had gone to Netflix, would many people have seen it? I don't know, but I guess it's, yeah, a, it's a more yeah. kind of niche niche topic. But that's true. Yeah, it's really hard to just tell like what's the doc that gets the eyes um yeah like what do streamers prioritize yeah 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 i mean like i don't know i i get i I guess when you look at my octopus like the octopus teacher whatever the fuck it's called don't don't get me started yeah but like you look at that on paper okay like crowd pleasing front like you know like every hopeful (laughs) optimistic uh i guess people will watch that um but like fiona speaking for all but of it's us inter- like bring out that i hated yeah, that film yeah. so much I'm so i haven't annoyed. seen it but i i, I hate it already <laughs> um but like the co- I, I guess like maybe like the collective uh Ooh. that was also nominated yeah, that was good I remember yeah. that, that, that was good that was really i didn't good. see it it wasn't on streaming that's the thing it was on, i mean i was, was going Hulu. to but it just Hulu, it yeah. was Hulu, Hulu oh picks up quite a lot of good mm-hmm. I, I mean speaking of hulu oh. my favorite one of my I think it's in like my top five of the years. Uh, Summer of Soul. Um, I, I, I saw it, I saw it on a theater, but like the partnership with um, Searchlight Pictures and uh, Hulu has brought it to a streamer. Yeah, it has been quite. It's been quite well yeah, marketed. Yeah, Summer yeah, yeah, totally. Um, especially with like the gradual release from. I mean, kind of like what we talked about with Factory. 
the gradual release from Sundance that Questlove had, and then yeah, like it's in the sun. Ah, so ah, I loved it, man. Um, but yes, um, but from for me with American Factory, like I saw it uh, similar and similarly for the third time now and the final time. I knew this had Oscar buzz, and it was the probable winner. So like Icarus and Free Solo, I'm like, oh yeah, might as well just check out this one if I'm gonna like prioritize a doc. Not really understanding like what I know now with um, the Academy not really picking the best doc, but maybe the one that's like the most capital I important. So it's like, I just don't, I just like, oh yeah, so I guess I'll just, because it's probably gonna win, I should, I should check this one out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I and I enjoy and documentaries. Oh, they yeah. do not generally make great great choices. Um, yeah, and, and I think that's what that's certainly the pattern that we've realized throughout doing this series. But um, it's at least like some kind of pattern. It's not like so sporadic that it's like boring. Uh, even though boring isn't really a word that we use that often, it's more just just like um, I, I do. I do believe American Factory had had on a lot on, on its mind. Um, and I remember, uh, kind of like I mentioned with Icarus, understanding more of the subtext more this this time around than in 2019, where it's like, I got the general picture, but like the specifics and like the minutia of the, the industry, I, I think the pieces came together this time. I don't know if I really would have, like if I watched it at 19, I don't think I'd get it. I mean, I think I like understand the idea of it and like what it's going exactly. for, but like yeah. the lar- the larger ramifications of labor rights and like the evil, uh, the evil inhumanity of capitalism and all that kind of shit. It's like, yeah. That's I don't know if I'm gonna get all that. Only more pronounced in the last exactly. Years, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um. So this was my first time wait you said you saw this three times wait wait you the first time for curiosity what was the second time for me jack yeah didn't you say this was your third and final time i mean that that would have been cool if i did but um i think what you're confusing is that the um for uh icarus free solo and this i saw uh in the year they came out because they had oscar buzz Oh, and, okay. I, and I okay. and I and I okay. and I heard um, maybe it was like Little Gold Men or uh, some other resource that this was the probable winner because they won at like some guild and that's usually what's gonna win the Oscar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, that I was just sort of my confused. incentive. I thought no worries. Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you said you this was your third time seeing. I'd be down to see it. I'd be down to see it a third time. <laughs> um, this was my first time watching it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't really know much about it. I knew it was produced by the Obamas. I knew it was, like... You knew of it in 2019? About... No, I didn't... No, I, this is... Wait, uh, say that again? You knew of it in 2019? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know if... I don't know why I just wasn't, like, I'm gonna watch it. I don't know. Maybe, this, maybe like, since I was... I didn't younger then and wasn't too familiar with the I, that kind those kind of themes and just like topics in discussion for like you know global the global economy and a lot of the minutia of um labor rights yeah. and uh that kind of whole shebang i i don't know maybe it just wasn't drawn to me 
Uh, it's also like an hour 50 and for like a dock, that's actually kind of long. Yeah, and so true. I guess maybe that was another thing where I'm just like, you know, when you, when you're like, what dock am I going to watch? And you see this list and you see like 80 minutes, 80 minutes, 80 minutes, 110 <laughs> to kind of be like, oh, I don't know. Those 80 minutes movies look pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And I will um, say this about American factory though. It's like, it's a really good story and an important story, but it's not like an unbelievable one. Like, you won't recommend it to a friend and be like, you're not going to have, you're not going to believe what happens in that third act. Like it takes this yeah, twist yeah, that you yeah, yeah. will not see. Go. And it's, it's not, it's not a three identical. Exa- exactly. Kind of, yes. Yeah, re- yes. Re- revelations and stuff. Yeah. But saying that it's really well structured. I think mm-hmm. American factory. Yeah. Like I, I think the way it uses its time and divides its time, um, in kind of the different acts is really good. Yeah. I, I think it's, I don't know. I don't know. I had a weird reaction to this one. Um, I just, I, I guess I was never just totally just sucked into it. Maybe I watched it too late at night. I watched it at like midnight and maybe that was the wrong time. For this it, is like an inherent vice like, viewing. <laughs> no, no. Inherent vice was something was ungodly in my, <laughs> like watching it on my iPad in my bed at like 2am right. in the morning. Right. I mean, that was good. the appropriate that timing. Was... <laughs> My book, I mean, yeah. it was, it was, and I, and I, I stand by that decision, but it was, boy, was it a decision. Yeah, that's an anomaly. Um, but like, I don't know, I guess I was, I, I think my issue going in and see, I didn't know it was acquired by the Obamas after its premiere at Sundance. I, all I knew is that it was produced by like the, the Obamas' production company. And I think that's not good. Um, in a sense of, I don't, I'm not comfortable, especially with topics like this that deal d- very deeply into like global politics, national politics. I feel weird when a former United States president has a hand in making a film yeah. like this, especially a documentary. Yeah, I feel a bit weird about it as well. Um... It. Yeah. but it seems like... like they didn't make any like they didn't i don't know I, there's no story of them like the, they know, didn't have higher, any like creative high, what, power what their... or something it was just like yeah like funded I, I, what's it, their production company called higher, higher grounds, grounds. yes yeah. yeah so it's like it's not like higher grounds went in there and cut some shit up or whatever like it's it doesn't seem and like when, that but it is when, just weird uh, when obama was in power i someone might correct me on this but i don't particularly remember him being like pro-union rights let's bring union rights back let's you know really give power back to the unions i don't remember any of that happening like again somebody might write in or comment or something and take me to town on this but it wasn't one of his focuses for sure i mean that's that's why it winds me up a little bit that they're like oh you know now that he's not in power that they're gonna kind of get passed on the back for being like yeah producing what is very strongly a pro-union film yes for sure yeah i mean oh the thing with obama like his i mean you know i'm i I didn't do exactly enough research to exactly say this um you know uh a hundred percent um like uh i don't have authority when i say this but the way he would talk about union rights is basically, you know, lip service that most Democratic politicians do is that they're pro-union, usually. Yeah. Like, you know, they have, and they say, like, you know, I, you know, it, it's a part of their pro- package. Yeah, I was going to say, they have to be pro-union to win, win the Democratic vote, because that's, exactly. you know, their base is going to be those kind of people. 
but then but he nev- you know yeah. did you actually do much about that while you were in it was it just wasn't his main platform i mean at the time when he was elected in 2008 speaking of, like you know we talk about inside job you know he was dealing much more with the bigger ramific- bigger ramifications of like the real estate bubble and banking institutions rather yeah. than like going into individual labor right disputes um and obviously the way that the film that takes place now like in 2016 this is after his um like the beginning of the doc is it in 2014 or 2016 when it's like 2015 they... it says on the screen right at the start, okay um which okay I, but obviously this it takes place every few years doesn't it mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's at the end of his term and like and i'm not saying like labor like you know labor issues were going on during his administration but they've now found this new sense of scrutiny especially with amazon and stuff like that which is mostly like after his time um but yeah no he was never this rah rah like fdr pro union like you know it it just wasn't his main selling point um so it is just interesting yeah it, it just with such a highly politicized topic I kind of like in my head I, when I was watching this, I'm or when I was thinking about all this, I'm just like, I don't. I actually kind of want zero politicians, whether they I agree with them or disagree with them. I want yeah. zero politicians to ever produce any kind of media. <laughs> I just don't like it, to be mm. honest. It's just like yeah, I agree. I, I it it raises too many questions. It kind of dampens or kind of pollutes the not pollutes, but like it sort of try it try. It's almost like they re- redeemed or recreates their character like yeah, this is yeah. what i'm saying is that it, yeah. it is kind of revisionist yeah. to be like oh we're really this af- after he's not empowering it's like oh i was pro-union what do you i, I produced the doc about it what, mm. what do you mean <laughs> yeah um I but yeah just, I, I agree yeah. that i'm not that comfortable with the them having their fingers in the pies of movies and i mean books is a slightly different thing because obviously they was going to bring out like a memoir or autobiography yeah and yeah that's their own story to yeah. tell so that's totally fine yeah but yeah. telling other it's people's just stories start, right? it's like that's when, the, when and, you start and also yeah. he has a lot of power obama does because you know he every year or maybe even twice a year he um like publishes those lists doesn't he of like yeah these are my 10 books I've which are definitely summer. written by him and like <laughs> and my 10 movies and 10 tv shows or whatever he does mm. And he has, and Albums it's a bit like too. a Reese yeah. Witherspoon's book club or whatever. <laughs> or, um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, people take that shit yeah. seriously and it does affect sales. You know, it, we actually made are, it onto oh, his top sure. 10 podcast list, I think, last year. We yeah. did do that. that. That's a fact. Yeah. Um, um, right. So people, yeah. you know, it makes a difference because people are going to watch the movie that he recommends. They're going to buy the book. So, yeah. Yeah, and I also think it's just, like, it brings this unnecessary scrutiny to an otherwise, like, like, when, like, like the uh, directors of this film, they had no idea they Stephen were going to, like, Stephen Bogner or Julie, Julia Reichardt. Just, if we yeah. didn't, if we like, aren't going to say their no names idea. again, I just want I just don't remember, I, I couldn't tell you their name. I, it's just two very, very, like, names that yeah. I'm just, like, I'm not gonna It's like, uh, it's Charles um, Ferguson of Inside Job. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Which, my dyslexia has always read as Craig Ferguson, <laughs> because I'm a, I like Craig Ferguson. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like, they had no idea they were gonna get, their movie was gonna be picked up by the 
Obama's production company. So it's like not fair for them to be honest. I bet they're happy because fuck, they won the Oscar. It was a you know critical success. You know the Obama and Netflix uh, name really got their film to be seen. Yeah. But I still think though, if like. I just, I don't know, it's one of those things where it just pollutes the film for me, and that's not fair to the filmmakers who had, no, like, they, that wasn't their yeah. intention. They would never, they didn't make it for Barack Obama, like, yeah. it, it, it's, it, but it makes me question a lot of the intentions behind it, and, like, and what, another thing is, that, like, with how much access they were given during this whole doc, I, and I've been trying to find research of it, I don't know how they, how, like, Fuya really was, <laughs> like, yeah, sure. All of it. Film well, all that of was it. also that was care. also in their contract, where it's just like we're not going to make the movie if we don't have full creative access. Yeah, but like, why would that? That is the surprising thing. I find that with so many documentaries, I'm always like, how how did they get this? Yeah, you know, how did they film this? And when they get the access into China itself as well. Um, but also, there's a point where they like secretly film a um, anti-union meeting as well. And yeah. Like, there's so much um, that they got, and you just think, "Wow, how did they do this?" Because no part of this doc makes them look good. There's mm-hmm. not a single part of this doc that makes Fuya look good. Right. It's it it's horribly damaging and horribly like. I don't. I mean, I, I guess. I mean, it's. Not, I guess they're not dam- It's not damaging because they're still very successful. But it's still like when you watch it, just like. This public, this is a publicity nightmare. I don't know. Mm. Like, remember, I, you know, not to bring up this discourse again, but when Nomadland, you know, oh, came yeah. out, you know, everyone was, like I, that. I definitely thought of Nomadland when, uh, especially the very start of American Factory, when General Motors is shutting down. Yes, really, really exactly. I mean, yeah, very similar ideas and kind of co- uh, topics going on here, but it's just like everyone's discussion of like the Amazon of it all during Nomadland was like. Well, they were gained access, so that must mean X, Y, like Amazon must have approved X, Y, and Z, and they must have yeah. had a big hand in making this film, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and I, you know, I'm not saying this is the same as Nomadland, but it made me think of the same kind of thing of like, well, why were they given access? I like, think, I mean, because that's. I think with American Factory, you can see the progression that this journey takes, though, because. The first half, it is, you can see, it's like, oh, it's this heartwarming story of, like, how mm-hmm. this um, town in Ohio... Yeah. The real people that this, make the, the... By this... Yeah, these teams. This kindly, kindly Chinese company coming in and saving this Ohio town. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a heartwarming story of how the Americans and the Chinese start to, you know, learn each other's cultures and become friends and learn from one another and, you know, grow and improve because of that. So the first half of the documentary, you can kind of understand why why Fuel allowed it and what they thought they were getting. But it's very much a story of two halves because the second half of the documentary is obviously when things start to (laughs) unravel and things start to go wrong and then you get the entire focus on... um, the fact that the workers tried to form a union and then they really yeah you know, come down hard on that yeah 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 it, it i guess that i mean that's what i also like i guess that when i was thinking you know just pondering all of this while watching the doc i'm like that probably was like that's a good you know that's a probably the best reason why they would even consider granting access i'm just i guess maybe i'm with just all the shit that backfires on you nowadays with social media <laughs> and publicity in general, 
I'm just one of those people who's just like, don't say anything, shut up, and be like, be private as hell. <laughs> right. And I understand that's, right, right, right. I understand that's like impossible for like a global corporation like this. But, but is it really? It's fucking glass. Like you don't need to like. <laughs> what is there to this. advertise? You know, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, you don't market to like they market to like car car com- com- production companies. They don't market to like actual consumers. So why the fuck do you need to make a documentary about? Like like why do you need this kind of publicity? It's not gonna. Exactly. It's, I mean, at yeah. best, it's gonna be people like, well, I know that company now. At worst, it's gonna be like I. I know that company now. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's, uh, it's. I don't know. It's a little it's bit like, um, sometimes like paper, where it's like, oh, it's just sort of like anonymous, um, yeah, corporations that will bring you. Yeah, you don't advertise paper, paper. You don't advertise brick. Yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I got you. It's it's weird. Um, I mean, um, I guess. Well- what surprises yeah. me about this doc is that there's not more commentary at the start. I really kind of wish that this the the start of the documentary was a bit longer, the, because um, all these people lose their General Motors jobs, which you know they explain later they'd been paid well for, you know they'd been in their family for generations, kind of thing. Um, but they re- the reason they lose their General Motors job is because car manufacturing has all been outsourced to China. So yeah. the jobs have gone to China, and then not long... I mean, the way it's, it's framed in the documentary is that not long after General Motors closed, this Chinese company came in and opened mm-hmm. in the same factory, uh, yeah. you know, uh, took over the, what used to be the General Motors factory, took it over, and then they started producing glass for cars, and then they hired those same people. And it's seen as like you know, aren't we being kind, kind you know, coming yeah. in and kind of saving you. But I feel like no one ever says, but hang on, didn't we just lose our, our jobs to China? And then yeah. the Chinese come in and then say, oh, here, here's a job where you're going to get paid half the wages you were, but aren't, aren't we, like, the saviours? Do you see what I mean? Mm. Yeah. I, I, I felt like that entire conversation at the start of the film could have perhaps been more detailed or longer because... You know, I'm I'm surprised, frankly. Uh, you see it a little bit more towards the end of the doc, but at the start, all the Americans do seem grateful, and they they don't really have um, strong anti-Chinese feeling. Uh, you know, they're quite accepting to begin with, and this is how it's framed in the documentary. They're quite accepting of the fact that the Chinese are coming in, that they're going to teach them things, and they try and kind of embrace them in the community, yeah. or at least that's what was shown. Uh, but, you know, and it's like again with 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 editing in docs, you never know how full of a picture you're getting of any situation, do you? Of course, totally. Of course, and it's like that they're just like catching them at the at the wrong time because all the employees are just like desperate, like they'll just take anything yeah. ever since GM. Oh yeah, I ran mean, down. I completely understand why they do yeah. it. I'm not I'm not in any way saying they shouldn't have taken those mm-hmm. jobs. But you can, you can also, uh, you know, not to get too political, but you can completely see why these people end up voting a certain way in 2016, mm-hmm. for example, because yeah. these are people who've had, you know, everything taken away from them and in their minds probably are thinking, you know, all, everything's been taken away from us by foreigners kind of thing. and Exactly, you know, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't do really kinda, touch on any kind of... Do you guys kind of wish, like, there was narration? Because, like, it, we kind of condemn narration and docs most of the time, but 
I don't know. I feel like I feel being like guided not through. Not necessarily narration, but um, with the few times you did get a bit of text on the screen, I was grateful for. Mm-hmm. And then maybe could have had had a bit more of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was. I don't know. I think there, it, it, there's some parts of this. There's some kind of like perspective here that the filmmakers are taking that is somewhat commendable in the sense of they are. I've never quite seen a doc that lacks so much outside context. And what I mean by that is that they don't bring anything that's happening outside of the situation into the documentary. Rather, like, they don't really talk about and, the and actual... And they don't bring, don't bring themselves in at all. Yeah. Which, exactly. Which is a double-edged sword with docs because, you know, it's always a fine line, isn't it? It's like, do you want to say, for example, hear their voice asking questions, like an interview kind of thing? Yeah. Um, you know, how much do you want to sort of hear or see the actual filmmakers? And they obviously took the decision to be completely like, you know, we're fly on the wall. But then you yeah. also, as a viewer, have to always be aware, well, this has been heavily edited, you know, it's very selective, what we're seeing, so... Yeah, for sure. Especially with something like this, highly, like, you can, depending on the way you make a doc like this, you can, yeah. like, have a completely different political opinion at the end. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's exactly. all, it's such a heavily politicized topic and subject that even, that e- like, any kind of choice of an edit or a cut... Yeah can be like can change the whole dna of the film in the sense of like what it's trying to say with its politics mm. yeah definitely um but i was just yeah. surprised because it's like at, it certainly like lays out no, go ahead. like it's it's events and just leads you to draw its own own conclusion especially how everybody went about solving their agenda like the uh mm-hmm. the merging of cultures was kind of like interesting to see unfold again um because they they wanted to make it work they I, I think they really honestly wanted to have the american and chinese work together and um feel as though it was beneficial it was for beneficial for it and there was there was they didn't feel as though they saw a backside to to try to like having them be one unit as opposed to like having tension and in like conflict but it just didn't, you know, in my eyes, it just still doesn't work because th- there's so much there that's, um, there's just so many. I think you're expecting lines, too much of people right? when you think that's going to work out. Yeah. I think you're like, it's like, it's a lot of arrogance yeah. to think that just like, no, we'll figure it yeah, out. Yeah. And I, it's I, fine. I like, they'll get along. I wish I could remember the name. I think it's Steven, the one worker who's like really, uh, taken aback by, by the Chinese coworker. And, um, I, I think Ron, I think Ron actually, yeah, I don't know. Um, something like that an ohioan and it's like i liked that more i liked that a gun owner i I like that more than melding tension between uh staff members because it's like okay we see how they affect their personal lives more than their work lives Yeah, but uh, it was incredibly naive. Again, we don't get much backstory, mm. and we don't know how much thought they did put into it. But it was very naive to think we can just transplant two hundred or whatever it started. I think it started out being even more than that, five hundred, say, Chinese workers to Ohio. That there's not that's not going to you know cause any sort of problems or tension. Uh, and also, you know, he did have that that chairman did have a, a strong anti-union stance from the start so that is 
you know, and also it, it, the way it's framed in the documentary again is that they didn't have much understanding of kind of like US laws and, you know, they seem to not understand that there's like rules in place, <laughs> even without a yeah. union, there's still laws and rules about workplace, things like preventing workplace accidents, things like what one of the most shocking parts to me is when a man says that they've been dumping chemicals into the yeah. directly like out the back of the factory yeah. kind of thing. That um, seems really good. Mm-hmm. That's the a fa- really, that them all just sitting there and be like, is anything we're talking about right now actually going to do mm-hmm. anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good scene. We, and um, we, uh, that's it's so relatable in terms of we've I've all felt like that in work meetings where you yeah, feel exactly. like you've sat around and talked about problems for an hour and then you feel like is anything going to change as a, as a result? especially with, with like people of authority in the room where it's just how will this this trend like can yeah. you guys even yeah. do anything <laughs> like it's even yeah it's like even more startling like this is like the highest like these are the people like the highest positions that americans are in this company and they're all like we can't do shit mm-hmm. um it is interesting they almost i don't think they once really get into the reasoning why they would even bring like they would even try this hybrid i can i I can maybe ponder why like there are some interesting i like reasoning that you could have to do such a i think a move but like they never even once were like well we're doing this because we want americans to learn the way we do things or vice versa like like was this the chairman says something about like you know i'm only doing this to kind of improve american chinese relations to improve perception of china um, but he and it and it is kind of like he's willing to take a financial hit, which he does. At, at, you know, the first few years of the company, definitely. You know, he's like, oh, I'm wi- I'm willing to sort of sacrifice money for this to to work out. It's like a project, a kind of dream. But yeah, it is kind of weird when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And to have brought that many workers, like you can maybe understand exactly. bringing like five or ten in kind of supervise supervisor positions. But to have brought mm-hmm. that many and then thought that we can just throw them all together and it's going to work. Yeah, it's just a lot of arrogance into how like people actually operate. And I wonder if you can. Also, I wonder if you can say this, it's also, the same thing yeah. about like um, any work environment, not even just like a blue collar environment. Like in this. what way? Oh, yeah, oh just, just to even do, like, to do that kind right, of idea yeah. and just yeah, I got you. Yeah, for sure. Because it, it starts out like something small and then builds up as something bigger maybe not in that order like the moment yeah. uh someone makes a joke about duct taping someone's mouth and it like the chinese worker doesn't understand so it's like it's like it's not, you know, can you yeah, do that you over do that? there yeah, that yeah. was that was so yeah. funny i mean i'm not funny it was shocking <laughs> it was shocking and i was like almost laughing out of t- like fr- out of like uncomfortability uh, of, like, yeah, yeah, um yeah, I was like the, laughing the, out of disgust, kind of. The entire section where the Americans go to China, I just like <laughs> watched that entire section, like, you know, hands over my eyes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just found it so cringy and embarrassing. Very cringy. But, but you know, that is, that's the thing about different cultures is that they yeah. are different, you know, you, and you can't kind of like, you can't think oh, we'll bring the Americans to China for a, you know, a jolly for two weeks, or I don't even know how long it was, one week. And then that's going to like solve all the kind of cultural problems and differences. And it's like, everything's forced, everything's fake, everything is like, we're going to put on a ceremony. 
Um, well, it's propaganda. It's not yeah, like yeah, actual exactly. like Chinese culture. It's like cor- a corporation throwing a party for itself. It's not even really about China. It's just, yeah, yeah. it's the all the stuff in China is. I mean, what the what the pro like the selling point of this doc is like kind of like, and it's a bit corny. If you really get to the heart of it, it's a bit corny. Like the idea, like the main conceit of the doc is we're so different, aren't we? Um, but like it, like different cultures, isn't it crazy? Um, I mean, of course, it's more nuanced than that, but it, like, it, at sometimes it's really, that's just, like, the core conceit is just, like, you know, Chinese Americans, we do, you know, there, there's different things about us. We don't totally get each other. Um, it's like a sitcom yeah. sometimes, but, like, but there is that, like, those, there's some really incredible cuts, especially, so, like, at the end of that section, when it goes from, like, party, 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 to then there's this real cut to just work like American workers just walking in a factory or like I think actually in the cafeteria or whatever yeah and there is this like propaganda video playing overhead and like it's so much more solemn and gray and and, and like just depressing like everyone's body language is so slouched and depressed and like depressed and just pure absolute boredom and defeat everywhere and it there's is really the contrast is what they excel at in this movie. The contrast between the Chinese side and the American side and the way they, like, cut together those kind of scenes when it goes from an American board meeting or whatever, like a group of American employees meeting together to, you know, Chinese with the new vice president talking to his, uh, like, Chinese employees and about, like, what we're going to do to bust the unions and why we're anti-union. And there's just, like really just it, it's pretty fluid too the way they differentiate both cultures through the mm-hmm. editing and just yeah. like yeah. presenting it all visually without even really saying anything there's certainly flashes of brilliance in here um i mm. was reminded when i went back and saw some interviews this time around that reichardt and bogner are in their 60s and 70s and I think that kind of makes a difference once you see sometimes the overall message being like, on the inside, aren't we just all blood and bones, you know? So it's like, they kind of yeah. come from that generation of like, melding But also, there's, a very, there's definitely a generational difference in the factory that you see where the older ones are the pro-union ones. Oh, for sure. And the younger ones are just, we're desperate for a job, we're scared that we're going to lose our job, so therefore... Um, we're going to go along with whatever the company's yeah. telling us. Whereas it's the older ones who've been that through that whole General Motors experience. They're the ones who are really fighting for the union. And you definitely see a generational divide. And, and like you say, it makes sense that the filmmakers are on that older mm-hmm. side because they're really trying to get across to the young people. Like, you don't have to sort of, you know, put up with this and you don't have to accept it. You know, there was a different way of doing things and we can try and show you that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, it's, well, they're one, very, like, oh, go ahead. One of the most depressing phrases in the entire documentary, and it's something that I hadn't realised the extent of before I saw the doc, is the phrase, union, <coughs> what, what, I wrote it down in my notes, sorry, and I haven't brought it with me, but no it worries. was like, um, <coughs> the fact that there's a consultancy, basically an anti-union consultancy, and this is an industry, the u- it's like something like the union busting. Oh yeah, union busting industry. or union yeah. avoidance. Avoidance, thank the, you. Avoidance. Union avoidance consultancy industry. I was just like those four words combined. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's scary. one of the most de- depressing things I've ever heard. And it's a growing industry, and they make millions apparently just from coming into companies and being like, "We can advise you on how to avoid a union here." 
And I hadn't realised before seeing this doc that that was such a big thing here in the US. And yeah. It's, it's very, very depressing. Yeah. I mean, back... <clears throat> so, when I was watching... You know, like, the union voidancy thing is very... Like, that's... You know, the first half we talk about is culture clash. Second half is union and voidancy and union busting and labor rights yeah. and stuff like that. Definitely. So, during the second half of the film, obviously... I, mean, I don't know if... I, I know Jack's seen it. I don't know if you've seen Harlan County, USA. Yes, I have. I saw it quite recently, actually. Yeah, same. I've, I saw it, I think, last... Like, late last year or early this year. I think early You can't help year. but think about Harlan County March. without seeing this. Because yeah. it's sort of the definitive, like, pro-union. Yeah, exactly. One of the first, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think... You see that evolve, that anti-union, but like methods of breaking up unions has evolved into, instead of it just being a bunch of hicks with shotguns saying you can't <laughs> form a reunion, yeah. it's now this like nuanced, heavily researched, heavily educated consulting firms, basically like do, finding the most, you know, researched and well-founded ways to avoid unions by using also like propaganda and all that kind of shit. And it's like... It's really, um, of course, I mean, you see, like, the roots of it in Harlan County. Like, there are times when they talk about, like, um, you know, when uh, the company is providing false information to scare workers into um, yeah. doing, uh, into voting anti-union, or they're just basically lying to everybody, that kind of shit. But, like, it's it was much more brutal and much more direct and much more um, uh, violent uh, was anti and uh, you know union busting it's, back it's then and it's now insidious in an Ameri in American factory because you know this yeah. is a consultancy firm that come in with their bureaucratic corporate experience. it's an LLC and, like and this company the, yeah these companies are approved by the US mm -hmm. they're like you know they they you know they pay their taxes they form their LLCs they you know they're officially like United States businesses yeah. that yeah. we as a country are like, yes, sure, you can exist. You mentioned how, how poor Fuyao comes across in the dock, but also you see the strings start to show themselves, like the inner workings of how corporations function. It's, it's just so yeah. uh, transparent. And um, there's something to be said with um, just, yeah, like if you want to mention, like just how, how they managed to capture that so vividly. Hmm. yeah it's it's really just kind of crazy that they're mm -hmm. just like they and yeah i'm just still like shocked that they were just able to be like yeah sure film all of it we don't like you want to <laughs> film with our chairman like basically are the you know the actual voice and, and, and um, the chairman you know they're all blatantly saying it none, none of them are hiding yeah, it are yeah, they that's, yeah. you know the chairman is like i i'm anti-union <laughs> and and because he's coming from the chinese culture i think it's just considered totally normal and fine there mm. um and then the vice presidents are just saying things and you know everyone's just saying <laughs> saying stuff it's not like they had to sort of do a gotcha exactly moment. yeah um they're all being quite open they didn't about set it, up cameras inside like pens or something <laughs> it's like inside the bathroom <laughs> right they didn't yeah. capture surveillance yeah like, yeah. like yeah. in those meetings like there's this there's a point in that one of the board like or like one of the staff meetings of the chinese employees where the vice president is like 
you know, Americans, they're lazy, they're overconfident, we're just, and we gotta help them because we're better than them. Yes. He, op- like, he just says that. Yeah. It's not like, he doesn't like, like, there's no nuance to what he said, there's no like, <laughs> little phrase or whatever, he just said, we're better than them. Yeah. And it's just like, I, you're- I remember that moment, yeah, vividly. I mean, I, I did too, and I'm, and I'm like, at one, and on one point I'm just like, well, obviously Americans have said that all, like, as well, like, all the yeah. same energy well. of like, like nationalism, every- right, yeah. It's- yeah 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 exactly but it's also more of just like but even we know that to not agree to film something while we say that <laughs> like you know it's like we know we at least know that you know you don't just like i guess not i mean some people i guess politicians run on that idea never mind but like i'm but still it was just shocked that like just they're, they're like yeah we're better than them and you are filming this and we agreed for you to film this and that's okay mm-hmm. and we're gonna allow you we're gonna allow it in, in your movie or whatever i don't even think like chow Dewang likes being the ceo like I, he's kind of like coming across at he, some points def- as, definitely at the end yeah. there's that really right bit where he's like wandering around his mansion he's like, like kind of bored or he's just like if you don't enjoy all, all this power it's just He's he's really wistful. Right, right. Like, oh, you know. <laughs> um, and you feel like, that... well, stop it then. You don't. He's kind of. Do he's yeah, not exactly. like uh, watchable either. I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm not thinking through everything, but I don't really think anyone comes across as that watchable here. Um, to the point, there is no real charismatic. To, to the point where sure. it's just like I, I guess there isn't a central character. Yeah. I think that's a good point. There's no main character. The yeah, yeah. Um, the woman, the one who's like initially living with her. Oh, I think it's Jill. And then she gets I her think. own apartment. Yeah, Jill. Um, she's you know comes a little bit close mm-hmm. at times to being more of a main character. But yeah, I guess they perhaps should have focused on one or two people a bit more. But um, because th- things evolve so drastically from like the start to the end, I think it was hard for them to really latch onto one one or two people and be like, "We're going to stick with them for the story." Because um, yeah. you know she ends up like obviously getting fired, and there's you know so much going on with different people. Um, one of the best characters, I'll tell you who's the most watchable, is when um, there's a black guy talking at um, a pro-union meeting. And he de- delivers this speech. They're all wearing yellow T-shirts at the time. Yeah, it's, he's it's the rep- he's and he's an actual politician. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he um, he to me is the most like charismatic and kind of watchable character in the dark yeah. um, because you know he gives this really rousing speech and everyone's kind of cla- you know clapping and cheering by the end. And I felt like oh, finally someone is coming along and actually geeing these people up and giving them you know some hope sense and kind of yeah yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah, I I kind of, I understand that the filmmakers, you know, couldn't really provide a main character here because it, the story evolves so much and it, it's hard to kind of latch onto one mm-hmm. person. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah, and that and that guy is a U.S. House of Representative for Ohio. Um, at least I'm pretty sure that was what the car the title card read, if I remember correctly. Um. Yeah, it's interesting, because we, you know, the docs we've covered so far, there's usually this one, like, just very charismatic, engaging presence yeah. as we're watching the documentary. I mean, we just, yeah. like, I mean, Free Solo was, that was one of our main criticisms, that Alec Holland, Alex Holland is just, I mean, he's, 
it, what he does is interesting and maybe his views on mortality is interesting but him as a person and like his actual like personality and oh sorry that's my dog but like the like chari- the charisma it's and or this, not the charisma this, just the engagement this is why McQueen works so well because he's such a charismatic person yeah and that's why yeah I agree that like for a doc I think for it to really grab you and for you to really get emotionally invested in dogs, you kind of do need that one person and be like, I want to follow this person and their story from beginning to end. And, you know, that's what McQueen really does. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and that's that's why I like Icarus a lot is mm. because I'm like Gregory is just I, I, I he's Dr. just like Gregory maybe my favorite king. Yeah. <laughs> Gregory uh, Rodachenkov is just the best. Like he's. I mean, I don't know, like, that, I forgive a lot of the, uh, issues with that doc and Fogel's directing style because of how engaging of a presence mm-hmm. Gregory is and how much, and how much of an engaging, like, per- like, just a story he has to tell while, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things where I don't even under, I don't even know if you could have a main character in this because you're trying to really give a full picture of an entire corporation yeah. and if you're doing an, if, if you're having a move or doc about an entire corporation it can't be one person because the corporations are so fucking huge that it has to be it just you can't have a really a main That's character true. it's just impossible but it's just gonna make me less invested to the human the humanness of it all or the humanity of it all if you just can't really get a- attached to one person the closest yeah. i get is Wong. Because yeah. there's just a lot going on for him in his story with like him leaving China. He has two kids yeah. uh, and a wife, and like there's this whole idea that he's trying to pursue something here so he can give something back there. But he's also like kind of admiring what Americans go through in the sense of like he talks about, oh, they get second jobs here. You, you know, can kind of tell that he thought there'd be something different between America and China, but it's like. Maybe he's not realizing that the work, um, the, the like the hustle culture that both countries have mm-hmm. isn't all that different, uh, like you thought it would be. In, For in sure. China, it's not hustle culture though. It's like I mean, I think it's very important that we did see the Chinese factory because when you realize that they stand up at the start of the day and the drills have you know literally like militaristic drills and they sing songs and that kind of thing. I think it's important to see that because you do realize how that the culture is um, different. <laughs> and it's so ingrained in Chinese people from birth that you will grow up to be a good worker for your country and you're contributing to your country. And you know, it's, there's just no room in their heads to really think outside that, or that there are other options, that there's choices, that they could choose not to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're very much like, this is what's expected by my parents, by my country, and that's what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. kind of thing. I'm not saying every single one of them is like that, obviously, but I just think it's m- far more ingrained. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I mean, it's so, it's all propaganda. I mean, like, I was, like, maybe the most shocking, I don't know, that whole chunk. You know, it, that's, I mean, that's the beauty of the stock in the sense of, like, you just learn, like, you just get so enveloped into the Chinese culture at times where you're just, like, but you just come away so shocked, like they do that, because you're so like you know we're so used to our own cultures that it just becomes and when it's something that's pretty and, like and drastically the fact that different. They work so many hours, so many days. They they are grateful to have maybe two days off a month. Right. 
that kind of thing. And when you hear all of that, you're just like, what? <laughs> but like that stuff, I kind of like. And it's perfectly normal again in China to live away yeah. from your family as well. So exactly, and not like have... and not see them for months or whatever. Yeah. I think it's one of those. And they like, send many back. Yeah, it's one of those docs that like you kind of knew. You didn't not know these things, but it's it's like a reinforcement. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's it's pretty like shocking um, to see all the uh, the employees are reduced to a number at the when they're yeah. when they get to the when they get to work, and it's like okay, so it's sort of like it's not not dehumanizing you, but it's it's sort of redu- reducing. Mm, it's dehumanizing yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a little bit like. Um, and then, like they, but, that's like, like one something the things, they try to bring over to America, and it's like, so funny. how's everybody doing? That's so funny. <laughs> that, Have a good day, so everybody. Funny. And everyone is just not having it. <laughs> that's that's a, that so is a well edited yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. bit because when <laughs> he's like, and then I brought it back to America, yeah. and you just watch all their faces, yeah. and the fact uh, that they're all just like looking around at each other, like, yeah. shuffling yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah, it's and really like, good. all right, let's have a great yeah. one, guys. And they just walk yeah. off. Oh my god, they just shuffle <laughs> off. Oh, it's so good. Um, but like one of the bit crazier things that I was just—I don't even know why I was so shocked by it because it's not like the shocking, this most shocking thing in like the doc. But like, they—that the company has their own theme, so like their like yeah. national anthem that the, yeah. all the employees sing together. Yeah, it kind of chilled me to the bone because it just yeah. become because. And also with the way the chairman is predicted, I mean, or depicted, it's like, also, he's called the chairman. No one calls yeah. him by his the actual chairman. fucking name. It's the chairman. Yeah. And it feels so like, and, like and a every country. Time, every time the woman translates, she's like, chairman says, such and such. I know. It's and, and so it, and like. It's very, and it's very much like chairman dictates that this is now yeah. going to happen. And like, I, you know, one of the earliest things is that he sees that huge door and it's like, uh, the door should, you know, chairman says the door shouldn't be there. And the guy's like, um, that's going to cost us $35,000. Yeah. yeah. Chairman says the door shouldn't be there. She literally <laughs> shrugged. That was the, yeah. craziest, the craziest thing. When she when he told her that number, he, he, she was like... Yeah. <laughs> just like a literal shrug. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I get... It, it's just and how much like the company becomes its own nationality, its own, like, cult, like culture and... Um, I thought you were going to yeah. say cult. Country, basically. <laughs> and, and hierarchy as well. Like, you can see all, you know, the way it's structured. Like I say, it's, it's yeah. very much like the military, you know, and that he's got his lieutenants and then they, you know, have people that they're supposed to sort of control and... Oh, and they actively it, 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 sell everyone... They continually try to sell everyone on the company. Even the people yeah. who are in the company or like staying in there, they have to. They always are just making sh- sure you know how great it is to work at this company. Yeah. And it's so like heavily propaganda, yeah. like heavy propaganda. It just feels like its own. Country it's like succession. Like, country, like we are here for you. It's, it's like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the it, it's like its own corp like the corporation it becomes its own kind of nationality like country that you pledge allegiance to and that you you know that you serve faithfully and it's like a you know and you that you're patriotic towards. It's in like it's a corporation and like that kind of shit really wigs me the fuck out because it's like yeah. it's so chilling to think of so much of your life and your like um, you know your emotions your you know your your physical health your mental health all of it so much devoted to a corporation that wants to basically that will take any chance to fire you and replace you with a machine 
And we'll it wring, is, wring out, every, you know, your literal blood, sweat yeah. <laughs> and tears until you're dead, basically. And then at the very... Um, and, and they, and they even say, you know, we live to work. Mm. He even says that at, right at the That's, end, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know, and again, that is a Chinese mentality of we are born to kind of serve. Uh, you know. I think, maybe I'm thinking of the same quote, but doesn't someone say the meaning of life is to work? Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's what the um, chairman says. See, I, I'm calling him the chairman. That's how <laughs> fucked up this shit is. I'm calling him like he's the president of the United You're States. You're calling like him Mr. like he's like the chairman, you know, like a supervillain. You know, like that would be like a comic book. It's crazy uh, character. Um, and then you know we get to the very end, and they are replaced by machines. You know, it's, like we we see that oh, reality yeah. and that's become a whole... possible. You, you always feel like it's setting up like a sequel <laughs> yeah. at, the start, at the end, sorry, because, um, and then it's like, oh, an automation, by the way, and this is a whole other way we're just going to entirely fuck you mm-hmm. over. So, you know, we've, we've gone to all this trouble to uh, try and, you know, make this family of Chinese and American workers and make all this happy families kind of thing of all these thousands of workers and then we're just going to end up firing most of you and replacing exactly. you with robots anyway yes. so so all of this has been <laughs> has been it's it's just as meaningless as like glass is a little bit like like in the grand scheme of all products and what they what they mean it's just a piece of glass that they're ultimately producing and and um yeah by that production it's uh taking away years of valuable life and um it's it's chilling to 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 see yeah um do we have a do we have like do we prefer like the first or second half to uh to each other i do prefer the second half because i didn't predict it was going to go in that direction Mm -hmm. and you know, although I, you know, the first is informative and giving us a lot of, um, you know, all the culture clash stuff. And like I say, we've been saying, you kind of think that's what the documentary is about. I like the fact that it goes in a in a different direction in the second half, and it suddenly becomes about this whole union thing. And you know, yeah, I like the second half. It's interesting with com- thinking of like, you know, this movie is very much. It doesn't. It doesn't. Ha- it does not feel like it has like a three act structure. It's very much feels like it is a two act, like it's like two separate halves. Like it's mm. not. There isn't this like third piece that like is in the beginning or the end or in the middle. It's like two halves. Um. And the issue that I think I might have, I'm still trying to really formulate my opinion on this and why I'm not in love with this doc. And it might be like, yes, I think it is interesting, and I think it's a, like a good idea, especially on paper. Like, we'll have this separate development happen in the later half, and that will be like kind of this crazy roller coaster of a dock. But it does like, at some point, it's like, well, are you making two different movies? And I. But I, I don't feel, think I feel like it's showing you that the second half is very much a project of the first half, though, because yeah. all those issues wouldn't be as stark and as big if it wasn't a culture clash and if it wasn't a Chinese company coming in and saying, That's true. you know, you know, this is, you know, 
it, it, it's that seed is planted from very very early on of the chairman saying you know we're not going to have a union here yeah anyway. yeah and, the, and, with and the then senator the senator mentioning and then the second yeah. half i think is a direct you know a direct result of the first half really it definitely is i guess my issue is when you're ta- when you're tackling such an insanely large subject as yeah. corporation labor rights and stuff but you're mostly devo- like just there's just no outside context for any of yeah. it in the sense of like the only kind of outside context you get from like out like out of what's happening with Fuyao is those little cards of like automation like the one thing that you like it, it feels so singular and focused into this corporation that you feel like the entire like world of or like the entire economy outside of it doesn't exist and, politics and as well. <clears throat> yeah and i understand they're trying to keep they're not trying to overwhelm you with stuff and they're not making this like this is not the doc about the entirety of the issue this is a doc yeah. about a very specific thing but it's just interesting to me at times when it's framed like this like it, it doesn't feel I'm not, what i'm saying isn't like this is much more nuanced in the doc but like sometimes I'm like, well, are you making a movie about how like this evil Chinese corporation is coming in and ruining American labor rights? When you all, but you look at what's happening with Amazon right now. Yeah, I was going to say it's not, it's not a, a Chinese, it's not a Chinese issue, is it? I mean, obviously, it is happening in American corporations. I, I agree with that. Um, and I feel that, that about this doc, how I feel about a lot of docs, which is that I always feel like I'm left with loads of questions and I wish that yeah. um, maybe it'd been a series because I'm like, well, hang on, I really wish you'd expanded on this part and this part and this yeah. part and I want to know more about this and this and this. Like the automation feel, part feel, is feel, yeah. just thrown in at the end. Yeah, yeah it is. And, and I feel like it could spawn off in a lot of different directions and I'd be interested to know more about a lot of those things. Because then if there's... But that, yeah. that's the thing with any documentary, really. If there's ambiguity left at the end, it's like reciting a Wikipedia entry. Almost, but then it's like you, we're looking to be expanded upon. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I agree. I, it's almost like for for some part of it, you wish there was two uh, there was a two or one corporations like Fuyao being compared to one another or something like. Yeah, that would be interesting. Like, I know that that's again. It's one of those things where you have to look at the intention of the filmmaker yeah. and be like, what were they trying to do? I think but it is Wagner and Reichardt like, almost yeah. wanted Fuyao to be one one piece of what America really is, and it's like this is just like a specific slice that results. I, in I don't think they necessarily pattern. predicted what the direction was going to go in that second half. Yeah, that's though. true. I don't that's think they true. necessarily planned that from the start because. They may have been, you don't know, they may have been thinking, oh, this is going to be a heartwarming story. And you kind of do get that impression in the first mm-hmm. half that they're like, oh, we want, we think this is interesting, the fact that China are coming to America, we want to look at the culture clash. And I don't think they necessarily predicted it's going to become this whole union <coughs> story in the second half. But I feel like they kind of went with it, and I, I personally like that. Yeah, 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 totally. I like this doc for sure. I guess I'm just trying to I'm just trying to process in my mind why what what's keeping me from like really just like sold on it because I don't know. I think it's just when you have like the like the I'm going to say I'm going to I want to point something out that I, you know, it's throughout this whole series, throughout the 10 movies we've covered, I always like to give a shout out to there are no talking heads in this movie. <laughs> I think that's right. good. Yeah. I like that quite a bit. Talking Heads is usually bad. 
sometimes it gets it's repetitive. Good, but it's usually yeah, just yeah. yeah, it's usually just poor form. I mean, yeah. again, like there, I mean, there are plenty of docs that do have talking heads. That I mean, I like, OJ is like, all don't, talking don't heads, wrong. and that's like incredible. And that's incredible. incredible. Yeah, exactly. But so, but I, I appreciate that that you know, like they have the only narration they do have is basically stuff that they like they record outside or like in their people's mm-hmm. homes and have them like basically record like their inner monologue and stuff mm-hmm. like that and yeah, i think that's yeah. pretty cool but when you you're so hyperly focused on this one corporation and what's happening in this one corporation which is probably good because you want to make sure your film has a focus and isn't like like drawn out by a whole di- like isn't like spread too thin but when you're tackling such a big topic, it feel it doesn't feel like it's not maybe irresponsible isn't the right word because that's too harsh. But it feels a little like you're really not going to talk about how like American corporations also do this. Like you're not it, like it, it's it feels so like if you're really going to tackle labor rights and labor disputes and anti-union mentality in the United States of America, then it feels I don't know. I it feel feels like, like you blame that this, isn't like, spread tension. as thin as as wide as you'd like it to be. And I wonder that's if, exactly. I wonder if yeah. Nef- the Netflix of it all also has something to do with it because, like, it's also a big corporation like backing a movie Could be. Ab- that's, about. That's uh, not a bad idea. Um, which, which is also worth mentioning. You know, this is, uh, I believe, maybe their third or fourth nomination in the decade and their second win. So I guess, like, they, for the lack of success, <laughs> and you know, the apparent desire for Best Picture over the last few years they've really carved out a uh a hole here in uh best doc yeah. and docs yeah. for sure and my octopus um, teacher yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> not I to think... invoke the name but of course like you know netflix another netflix one just recently do you think they're gonna win a best picture in the next three years i do think it's pot i mean it's i don't think that the, the stigma is as big as folks make it out to be but um yeah, I do think I do think it will happen. Yes. Yeah, yeah I do as well. <clears throat> I'm just thinking. It's just like when when what's the movie though? You know what I mean? Like you think of like you you would think Roma would be the movie. Quran, you know, it's a weak Soul year for the best Soul picture Soul category. Yeah. Major Marriage Story. Marriage yeah, story. yeah. And so it's like, what's what's that movie where people? Yeah, and has to I be mean, like, like, I fuck it. You know what? Netflix. I think it. if 2020 was like, oh well. Obviously, Netflix has this one. If everybody had had that mentality going into all word season, Mank was their big thing. But it was it was like you know it was a little. It's true. I I saw. I thought yeah. Mank was going to win Best Picture. I was guilty yeah. of that. I told. I was absolutely wrong, Jack. I, I was telling Jack like, no, you see, it's going to win. It's definitely. But granted, you know, it, I was it, it, like it on the polar opposite where I didn't. I at the time, uh, when I think Mank was having its trailer come out, I think it was shortly before its release, I didn't think it was going to make picture. Because Fincher, despite making a movie about Hollywood, I knew it was going to be a mean and uh, sterile movie about Hollywood. And he doesn't particularly perform well at the Oscars. That's true. Um, Despite Ben Butt. But that's a whole different crowd pleaser. Ben Butt. Love me some Ben (laughs) Butt. Um, Yeah. But, you know, I mean, like, American Factory does, I mean, its pursuit and its sole focus of this kind of cultural clash and 
Um, we, we, we should probably talk about, I think, like, a lot of the filmmaking in the factory is just pretty, pretty stellar. I mean, I, I think there's a lot, I mean, it's, there's, there isn't, like, a lot of jaw-dropping shots or whatever, but there is this one shot where Wong is at the, is, like, on his computer, and, like, he's at the, like, the very much, like, the bottom half, like, the, like, the real, kind of, like, the bottom of the screen, and he's just on his computer, and he's kind of, like, in the corner, and then you just see this huge, like, piston right behind him just go, like, just, like, like, uh, just, like, come out of nowhere, and, like, kind of, and, like, takes over the whole screen, but it's just right behind him, and there's, like, yeah. no reaction to it. It's some really, of, I, I, I thought that was, like, a great shot. Where, where you see the furnaces, and you see the conditions they're working in are really quite scary and the poles mm-hmm. of glass as well and like, yeah uh, when you see uh yeah just the conditions that happen, and, and the fact that glass is just constantly shattering all around them yeah, that well. was that whole part was just like <laughs> shatter shatter and everyone's just looking around like jesus christ yeah uh, they'd be talking and then you just hear a massive shatter yeah. in the background that and it's like the, re- the repeated shots of like the glass coming down um like the the pin like the rods and and it's like the the ladder and it's like mm-hmm. it's all just like a cycle of I, I guess that's what factory work is but it's like it's it becomes numbing and it's just like running through the beats can't be good for like like your body's just not meant for that sometimes yeah. oh yeah like there's that one furnace supervisor who has that kind of monologue uh i think it's robert um who's like you know like it takes a toll on you mentally and you just at one point you're just asking yourself why am i doing this when you just do it over and over and over and over and over again where it just feels like it's envelops your whole life it becomes your sole reason for existing is just doing this one task over and over yeah. again and i yeah um, and despite I, I i've worked in factories not for very long i'm not going to compare myself to any of these people but as like summer jobs, so I've mm. done it for maybe like three months oh, at a time. I worked mm. in a pharmaceutical factory and I worked in a tile factory, and just that repetitive motion of having to do repetitive tasks. I had to do the same. I had to like package medicines basically, and it's just this repetitive thing, and it do, it starts does start to seep into your soul. And like I say, I only did this for a few months. Um, yeah, and you start to feel like you're going crazy because you know you're doing this repetitive motion and it's it's not it's not a nice way to live believe me yeah and you're just doing it for hours and hours at a time where it just becomes never-ending yeah yeah it's it's like pretty Um, chilling um yeah no i mean i i i mean the more and this tends to happen um when you know we're taught when i'm like pretty like mixed on a movie in the sense of like i'm not sure how i feel about it as we're talking about it i i usually find a way i i, I pretty much decide if i like it or not um and i do and i do like this talk because i'm just thinking more and more about like the actual filmmaking that's done and the editing and the way it the, like the culture the cultural class stuff is really good and i think the union busting things are pretty chilling maybe they i they for me they leave a lot to be decided when it comes to the, the greater context of it all yeah. and what in like but it but it's hard to totally expect a doc to do all of that without like it being five hours long which you know it, and like you point out the runtime I mean, earlier where it's yeah. just it does, it does it's yeah it's already pretty long um yeah i i i think there's a lot there's a lot of commendable stuff here and even though like and it also really helps me to know that the obamas came in after 
it was screened and like made because it hell you know because i was it was something i was thinking about a lot while watching i'm just like what yeah what was the it greater definitely col- colors your experience of watching it definitely. yeah for sure but it helps a lot mo a lot more to know that, that they came in yeah, after, absolutely so but no i i think this is a very much like a like a really solid interesting and well-made doc that also leaves you a lot of like pretty chilling imagery and um even though it does maybe get a little too like sometimes it's, it is a bit corny and it's like but i, I don't know but sometimes it's hard to it's hard to avoid that tell yeah. if the doc it, it's it's hard to tell if the doc understands superficial or if it's actually genuinely believes in some of those concepts but then again you know it, it, they try to stay somewhat neutral with a lot of the character stuff and a lot of like the individual mm-hmm. stuff yeah um so that's you know. yeah anybody have any like final thoughts on our last doc it's kind of kind of crazy we're already done this went by so fast i mean every series does i guess i'm i mean i think this is a positive um oscar win considering that that how the oscars are with uh docs it can be disastrous as it was this year Mm. um you know for me especially what it was up especially what else was you know up for yeah exactly what what could it could have what could have been uh but yeah i'm in favor of this winning the oscar i think you know i'm quite happy with this i don't think i'm upset by either um yeah let's and i think that's just a beautiful segue to go to the other nominees (laughs) um (laughs) for the 2019 uh academy award nominated documentaries first is honeyland from neon which is just gorgeous uh it's so relaxing and like uh it, it just it's just kind of the opposite of American Factory. It's just about one woman who happens to have some neighbors move in yeah. next to her. She she keeps she's a honey. Um, uh, oh now now there's Moxie. Yeah. Uh, she she's a honeykeeper, and it's just like so. It's just so natural, and everything comes organically, and I mean literally, honey honey's organically. Um, but it's I don't know. I just I just loved it. It's it's I, I felt I felt like. It captured the landscape of of where she was, um, where she was living as well as her personal life. It's yeah, I, I loved it. And you know, Neon had just uh, a phenomenal twenty nineteen, as we mentioned in our portrait and parasite episodes. Uh, and this just adds on to it in the Oscars. Uh, the other nominee is For Sama. Uh, this one's absolutely phenomenal. I think this might be my my pick to win. Um, it's about this. My, is that the Apple TV one? No, this one was um, PBS. May, it might be Apple TV. Okay, um, sorry. Uh, but I, I just noticed this This picked up by P- PBS, and it's about a mom uh, and her struggles in a war-turn uh, Iraq. Uh, it was I- Iran, I think. And uh, just just making this movie for daughter sama and it's it was just like really beautiful just to see their um their their struggle to to get through um their home as as it's like crumbling around them but yeah really really personal stuff um in such a chaotic state that they're in um the next one is edge of democracy i I wanted to see this one uh any of y'all catch it oh is that the um shit uh, the fucking Stacey Abrams doc? I believe it. I believe it. 
Um, no, wait. Or is that the one about, like... Shit, I don't know. It sounds familiar. Yeah, it's the, um... The one about Brazilian, uh, democracy and... Uh, definitely not the one yeah. I'm thinking of. <laughs> that's definitely not the Stacey Abrams there, stuff. There was, there was one from this year that's got democracy yeah. in the title, yeah. I think, as well. Oh, okay, phew. Yeah, I think so. Um, the impeachment of the Brazilian uh, political... Oh, this would be yeah. interesting to watch. Also a Netflix one, is there... I think it's, Yeah, I think that was the fourth nomination I was thinking of. Um, and next is the edge of democracy i mean yeah brazil in yeah. the news so that that would be that's mm-hmm. an interesting one and next is the last one is the cave uh it's the i, I think this was also syria i, I think actually for samo is syria um but yeah it's it's about this one i i i remember okay. <laughs> i remember hearing about but i just forget what it's about um yeah, it's about civil war. And, a Thai yeah. youth football team is trapped in a cave while rescued. No, wait, this is the wrong one. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Hang on. It just it says the cave on here. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the that's the wrong one. It was like there was that there was is, another nominee uh, in another episode, and like you confused it with something else of the same name. I think. Um. I don't know. I had the I had the nominations. <laughs> up here uh i don't know if it matters uh the cave a companion piece to uh last men in aleppo the film profiles doctor uh, a physician in uh who's operating yeah syrian civil war yeah yep yep and for sama is uh a movie about a journalist and rebel in a Syrian uh, both about Syria. Yes, yeah, exactly. So two Syrian yeah. two Syria films. Um excellent. Shall we get to our rankings, my friend? Yeah. Yeah. Would sure. you like to go first? Um Yeah, yeah. I can go first. Uh, I'll start from the bottom because I think that's the way to do it. Um I'm actually gonna ch- Yeah, okay. For my number 10, it's the one doc that I outright kind of just disliked, and I, I, there's some redeeming, redeeming qualities about it. It is very informative. It does, you know, did very much, like, give me a lot of research and uh, knowledge about something I really did not know anything about, but still, you know, its form and craft is pretty, you know, there's a lot to be desired. Uh, it, that would be the inside mm-hmm. job. Undefeated would be the next one, which is, you know, it's fine. It's just, there's nothing Have you taken any life lessons from Courtney yet? Or are those. (laughs) I have not. I have not started yelling at people randomly (laughs) and, like, like for no reason. I. I, uh, American Factory, right uh, after this one, which I now like more, and I actually considered just moving up in my ranking since I made this Mm -hmm. last night. Um, But. Yeah, I might. Next one's Searching for Sugar Man, and I think those two maybe could flip flop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Free Solo. Uh, 20 Feet from Stardom at number five. Icarus, number four. And then the last three are ones that I like. These are docs of the series that I love. Like, great. What was after movies. Searching for Sugar Man and again? Number. Th- uh, Free Solo. Solo. Okay. Uh, number three, Amy. Uh, heartbreaking documentary that I'm never going to watch again for the entirety of mm-hmm. my life. And just one of the saddest things I've ever seen. 
Uh, but great. Citizen Four. It's talking about a chilling fucking movie. That's a the definition of yeah. chilling. Um, and number one OJ. is OJ Made in America, a yes. uh, magnum opus if there ever Absolutely. was one. Ah, oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, I, I think we ultimately came down kind of similarly. Um, at ten, I have undefeated. Um, nine inside job. Um, eight is free solo. Seven American Factory. Six, uh, Searching for Sugar Man. Five is Icarus. Uh, four, 20 Feet from Stardom. Um, number three is Asif Kapadia's Amy. Um, number two is OJ. Number one is Citizen Four. Mm. I think that top three is like phenomenal, like perfect. I, I just adored all three of them, and uh, four or five are great. Um, but no, those t- top three can rotate. And- I'm, I'm going to do another quick plug for McQueen here. Because yes. if you like Amy, I think you'd love McQueen. Yes, yes, yes. They're quite similar. That's been on my list since um, 2018. I, mean, I, like I, Amy, I remember hearing but- about McQueen in 2018, <laughs> but thank you for the like reinforcement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, it a, is it as sad as Amy? It, it is, I'm mm-hmm. afraid. But oh boy. it's also one of those ones. It's like the um, Anton Yelchin dog, yeah. which oh. I strongly, mm. strongly, strongly recommend. Love Antosha yeah. and McQueen are both devastating, yeah. but I can watch them again because they're also really kind of uplifting. And I just, I'm somebody who does avoid things that really upset me, but I really yeah. strongly recommend these Awesome, two. awesome. And I'm always, not again, like, you know, I'm always trying to watch more docs. Like, it's something that I I feel like same. I've I have a good bit I, I have a good up. base knowledge of, but at the same time, I can always expand upon and just there's yeah, so much I, out I need there to watch in the world of documentary been, filmmaking. I I've been a I mean dumb for, shit and not, I, ha- I have not seen enough. I think for me, like something now to point out the obvious because like it's the most obvious, but they're all made by they're all made by men and they're all like about men. Uh, with the exceptions of Amy and 20 Feet for Stardom so I guess like that's just like another and like wait, I pointed out uh, I think last week or Icarus they're all about America and sort of like perseverance or important issues and I, I think uh, you know I get, I get I think if there was anything to these winners is that it does form a pattern uh, even if they're not all the correct winners in our minds yeah yeah it's definitely like you have i mean we talked about it when we were going through it but there's that run of searching for sugar man 20 feet from stardom and um what was the other one um the other like or i think amy yeah amy too this is like it's just it's a lot of music in here um and like there's issue like economy based yeah issues and then like you know athletics yeah yeah, football Yeah, it's there's a lot in here that you know, especially they have that, a type, like, yeah. uh, like best picture. Especially in the earlier, like the first like four or yeah. three winners, I think th- I think like, the first three winners are pretty just like okay, <laughs> yeah, all right, you like these yeah. kind of movies. Like then you get Citizen Four, and then you get Amy, and then there's another kind of then like so there there's these like very like peaks the first and four, of the ones that I actual, hadn't seen. Are definitely of like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I I get why this this is so crowd pleasing, but um, but then those middle three yeah. are just, oh, it's just I think those middle three almost made this series like worth doing for for me. Um, 
for sure those for the, sure. yeah and we've had a lot of great guests oh, yeah. and a lot oh of interesting gosh, topics yeah. being discussed and we always need to talk yes, more documentaries absolutely. um and yeah, yeah this was this was fun i'm glad this yes. worked out uh fiona thank yeah, you so much I, for I, being who, here we loved having you um before sorry if i could if i could no before we before we before you drop out i just really fast where can everybody find you do you need to plug anything i hope we can fit this part in (laughs) (laughs) i'm the editor-in-chief of jump cut online and i'm usually on twitter my handle is just my name so i'm at fiona underhill excellent awesome we fit it in we got everything thank you so much this was great um I'll just wrap yeah. it up. Uh, yeah, you can you can bounce if you think it's gonna, not going to, if you don't have the juice for it. But, oh, hey, the juice, hey. Um, <laughs> oh, do you, God. I mean, any other final, any parting words on the documentaries? I, yeah, I, I just, I'm looking at this slate. And it's, some are some good. Are good. Some, some are, are really good. good. I mean, yeah. I don't yeah, think I mean, there's you know, one, I, mean, I, think I don't think there's one. Inside job. Sure. I, 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 don't, I don't know. There's no that I hate. Or like, there's none that bring evil yeah, to the world, and that bar is so low. But still, it's yeah. like, oh yeah, look at that. Um, yeah, um, yeah. There's yeah. just like some that are lukewarm, and the others are good. That's really how I would put it. Yes, like I, some are. I, like fun I agree, and some are. Um, great. Yeah, like you said, like I, I just loved everyone we had. Um, this is this was a fun one. I think. Pro- I mean, we're going back to uh, to guest choice for the rest of the year. Uh, I think it's safe to announce because mm-hmm. um, I like doing these series once a year. I think it kind of like breaks it up. Yeah. Uh, knows what, I, I, God knows what yeah. we're going to do next. Because I, I agree. I mean, we're running out of ideas. <laughs> um, I mean, I agree with you that doing something adjacent to the Razzies would be nice. Um, in what form that is, and we're not sure. Yeah, yet. I don't know. I just fucking like, I don't know. All the worst lists or whatever like the razzies was just something to go off of but everything else is like all the anything that's like the worst movies of blank are usually pretty shitty so it's mm-hmm. like i don't know maybe we can find something like that animation is something we've discussed yeah. but you know the thing is with the oscar winners is that it's so heavily favored towards yeah. disney that it'd be kind of boring that i i, I wouldn't be opposed to that although, although yes it is a lot of uh it's um, just ten movies. That's the issue. It's, it's mostly like you have to Pixar. It, the, um, yeah. But then we do get to yeah. talk. Which is fine. We like Pixar. We do, here. and and we both like yeah, Pixar. And, and and just because it's a lot of Pixar doesn't mean like it's particularly a bad thing either. But because it, but it's because just, it when it, yeah. But we'll also get to do like Spider Verse and Rango. Like they'll they'll have like some anomalies in there, that that it's like okay, this is actually kind of interesting. Now now we get to break it up, and it just gives us an an excuse to to do those. I guess. It's true. Two but, two, you know, two stories. Okay, we'll, we'll, do, we, do we want to do both two stories? <laughs> oh yeah, boy. I we'll we'll yeah. figure it out. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, this has been this is a great yeah, uh, great absolutely. series because it was also like it wasn't like a risk, but you know, it was not as these these movies are not as well known as like the fucking yeah. best picture winners yeah. or even the yeah. Razzie winners. So this was just something we kind of wanted to do, even if like, just these because aren't, like, movies that yeah, a lot exactly. of people have seen. Like when, when would anyone revisit, uh, like 23 from stardom or something? Like, yeah. I, I think it's, no one's going to pick these. Right, exa- for the exactly. Usually, I mean, not yeah. most of them at least. Um, no one's going to pick Icarus. I think it's, it's kind of cool just to be like, oh yeah, that did win the Oscar. I do remember seeing that in 2012 or something um and i think the same thing with best picture sometimes where it's just like 
you don't dislike it's like it's like with me with argo you it's like you don't dislike the picture it's more just like oh yeah i i do remember seeing that and this one. yeah this one and it was nice to revisit and uh make an episode out of it yeah yeah i mean there's always something to discuss with these i wasn't there wasn't really one of these movies where i'm just like oh there's nothing to talk about yeah totally um yeah, I uh, uh one thing. Okay, now I just remembered this. I'm surprised I didn't I, I didn't say anything about it. But the one thing I have a huge issue with American Factory is that music is horrible. I hated it. I hate the music to this fucking movie. Right. It's so distracting and annoying. And uh that's not to say there was like poor scoring of of mo- most of these docs. I think like OJ had a really good score and yeah. uh, Free Solo did, but yeah it's obviously obviously yeah, Amy it, for this one it was just like started. it was so jaunty at times and kind of like just like whimsical i'm just like what really <laughs> right now we're doing this like weird kind of like poppy it did kind feel of like death, yeah happy-go-lucky music i'm just like all right this is like not right for the movie but this okay this this feels out of place this fe- it felt like a mistake like yeah. they they imported the wrong file yeah it, a lot of times it did um but yeah, yeah, no, I mean, like, uh, we'll we'll see what we do next. But right now, we're just gonna do some fucking go back to our bread and butter and do some Absolutely. guest choices and talk about some weird if, shit. But um, I mean, if you asked us, like, if you forced us to do a mini series right after this one, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset by doing the animation winners. Um, yeah, yeah but but it's not. Yeah, it would, I wouldn't. That again, like, I, it's just not a lot of yeah. variety, and that's and that was the appealing thing of the doc. To, I mean, well, I guess we've talked about, but there are like these, these aren't the same studios or whatever. Not usually, and these are like differing subjects. Uh, like having the like to go from Amy to OJ to Citizen Four to like these are do- to- to- uh, like topics that are very much differentiating itself yeah. from one another. And like OJ Made in America is also its own kind of like own kind of animal because it's like basically mm-hmm. a tv show or not i don't know but there's not but with the and like the animated winners it's there isn't going to be this huge wide range of discussion especially if we're going to talk right. about the same studio seven times or whatever and then like yeah like it goes from zootopia and then coco and then uh like toy story 4 and then it's like oh, like, i don't want to do an episode on zootopia i'm sorry i don't i, I think that's 2016 that it, i mean it, it's not even like the worst movie it's just like what is this okay is this like it's the most i don't know it's like the most lackluster racial allegory i've ever seen Mm -hmm. in a film it's so like abundantly clear and just like okay you get it yeah yeah. no i i won't argue that (laughs) um it's yeah let's not do yeah let's yeah let's close this out then um i can be found on twitter at jack a draper um I um, have some writing on film at the Simple Cinephile and uh, Cinema, etc. Still, like, working on some things so that I'm watching watching all the Best Picture winners, uh, trying to, like, formulate a project there. Um, but as of now, we have my friends over at um, Have You Heard the Good News, Sophia and Kat, coming on for The Meg next week. That's going to be pretty fun. Oh, I forgot yeah. they were doing the um, Meg. That's going to be great. So the, the thing about the Meg is that's a pretty big movie. <laughs> and it's like hard to forget, too. It's like yeah. a... It's like a... 
A sh- so big it's shark, there's an animal involved. Is the thing. The megalodon. Um, I think that's the cor- I, correct. That's why it's called the meg. It's the megalodon shark. I don't know anything about it, and I don't think you. I don't think I neither has seen it. This is their favorite movie. I think it's nope. at least their favorite movie of like their favorite blockbuster at least. And um, it's hey. it's something that they just like. It's a little bit like their brand that they talk about a lot on their pod, and it's, and it's like we always sort of admire those episodes where it's just like this is your uh this is your thing that you hold dearly um but yeah it's gonna be fun your and, night and day exactly will, your happy you death your, day if you will um, exactly. exactly movies yes. where you're just like really yeah. those like yeah no they, they're part i'm gonna of me, man. they're like stomp my for the, i'm gonna die on this hill for the meg yeah um it's like me and dread <laughs> um yeah and also the american factory like we've said many times can be found on netflix oh I also, yeah, before I jump to you, I did want to, like, I made a list last night of docs that were either not nominated or um, weren't, like, we j- we just didn't mention throughout the series that came out uh, in the decade. Well, they might come up. Someone might choose them for, for episodes, so. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, I just, yeah, that's true, yeah. Um. You can still write them off if you want. I'm just saying we're. we're it's not. Yeah, it's not times. like nobody's going to pick these. But I just these are also some favorites that I had um, in 2010. Mm. I really enjoyed Tabloid from Errol Morris. In 2011, Werner Herzog's Into the Abyss. 2012's The Act of Killing. Please, just you know, I, I can't emphasize enough how much I love it. Uh, 2014, uh, 2013, uh, Lenny Cook from the Safety Brothers. It's impeccable. Um, Steve James's uh, Life Itself from 2014 about Roger Ebert. It's really, really good. Uh, 2015's The Jinx. <laughs> it's great. Uh, about Robert Durst. It's like an unbelievable true crime story. Um, 2016 Supersonic about, about Oasis and the Gallagher brothers. And uh, one of um, A24's first endeavors into documentaries too um la 92 in 2017 i think that'd be a really good compare uh, companion piece to oj made in america uh, just it's all archival footage and voiceover just no talking heads it's from the filmmakers of uh um uh undefeated and i and i sort of wish i gave this a shout out during our uh icarus episode king of Wil- king of the king in the wilderness in 2018 was really really good it's about MLK in his final days. Um, it, it didn't feel as like textbooky as, as I thought it was going to be. Um, and also in 2018, just because I love the podcast and it's like, it kind of felt like the podcast event again, but like, I really liked what HBO did with the case against Anat Saeed from, that was adapted from the serial podcast. It was just like, you know, I, I can't, I can't, it's a little bit like OJ. I can't hear about that case enough and, and get bored, you know, so. Um, yeah, it's yeah. fascinating. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Those, I just, I, I think docs are really special for getting even more personal than uh, fiction mm. filmmaking can do. And uh, I'll yeah. shout out like a few. Um, the fil- the two, the first two films of Kalik Ala. Mm. I think those yeah. are extraordinary. Um, feels good, man. Uh, shout out. All right, wait that. 
Was that 2020? It, it must have been 2020. Yeah, my bad. I, it came out. It could have premiered at a okay. festival my, in 2019. Uh, apologies. Though, if you want to be technical. Yes, that's probably it. Um, but I mean, I yeah, was going off of Letterboxd uh, how... release days. Um, so it's like some of the like, it might have premiered at a festival and like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I got you. I got you. Um, Tower, mm-hmm. of course. Um, great movie. Rotoscope. Uh, Life itself. I mean, we've discussed a lot of these. When you be my neighbor, you know Harlan County, USA, um, or not not Harlan County. Sorry, uh, <laughs> Hale County. This morning, this evening. See different counties. Got got confused. Um, and if you want a good sports one, uh, I would watch the Fuqua HBO doc. Uh, What's my name? It's the Muhammad Ali ones. Two parts, produced by LeBron James. I think. I think it's really good. It's all news footage. There's no talking heads. It's all told chronologically. Um, I would, I would definitely. Is check there that any like out. Looney Tunes in it? Like, does Bugs Bunny show up and like Mickey Mouse is? Oh God! Like, Daffy Duck. All is right, in all right, sir. <laughs> okay, I mean Fuqua at least has some yeah. integrity. <laughs> He's not gonna throw then again, in. He made Infinite, so whatever. Yeah, like the Roadrunner and. Wiley what was Perry. that movie he did with Wahlberg this year? Oh, Infinity. Infinite. Infinite. Yes. yes, everyone remembers when they were Boy. where they were when they saw Infinite, of course. Um, and which, which and streaming service? Paramount is that? Plus. Why can't you just remember? Th- right. You can't rattle these things off like it, it's nothing. I was about to say Peacock. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, if you did, I've been like, yeah, Universal, it was on Peacock. That's right. Yes, I, I'm, it's on my watch list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Peacock Premium. <laughs> PP. Uh, um, boy, movies. The we movies. love them. Uh, the movies. Everyone can follow me at birds of clay on twitter and on letterbox you can follow me on instagram at mr clay williams you can follow the podcast weird account at ett pod you can follow the instagram account for the podcast at exiting 2010s you can send us an email at exiting through through you could send us an email at exiting through that through the oh my god i can't speak exiting through the 2010s at gmail.com all spelled out there you go clay um, you can leave us a review on any podcast platform you listen to us on to. Please remember to give us five stars. Greatly appreciate it. Share, retweet, do all the things you got to do to share the podcast and get our, you know, uh, get, get it more familiar with more people. That made sense. That did not make sense. Um, but you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And everyone have like a good one. Stay safe. Be good to yourself. Get vaccinated. Um, do what you got to do. Um, and as always, trans rights are human rights. Stop Asian hate. Free Palestine. Black Lives Matter. We'll catch you all next time on Exiting Through the 2000s.